Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email LeachReport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Tuesday, feels like a Monday edition of the Leach Report uh, after the Memorial Day holiday. Hopefully, it was an enjoyable one for you and your family and friends. Got a chance to get out and play golf for the first time this spring uh, with some buddies yesterday uh, and didn't play all that well, but it was fun. Uh, hopefully you had some fun things on your world, uh, in your world over the weekend. We'll jump into our week of shows today with David Sisk from Cats Illustrated. The Nike EYBL event wrapped up over the weekend in Louisville, and we'll get uh, the thoughts of the recruiting analyst for Cats Illustrated on the players that he saw there and some recruitment questions as they pertain to the Wildcats. Uh, Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com, a regular Tuesday guest, and Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV, who uh, also was covering the Nike EYBL event. So we'll get his thoughts on that and other things. Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. The uh, SEC, or the uh, UK baseball team uh, did not get a bid to the NCAA tournament, so their season is over as I was watching them beat LSU on Saturday, but hearing other scores come in, it seemed like there were uh, several leagues where teams won league tournaments that would not have otherwise gotten bids. And after you hear three or four of those, it just did not feel good for Kentucky. And uh, they ended up really apparently not all that close to getting in. Uh, they really looks like would have had to have won the SEC tournament. And uh, they made quite a run at it, getting all the way to the semifinals before falling to Tennessee on Saturday night after beating LSU earlier in the day. So, you know, a, a really strong finish for Kentucky, winning some, you know, uh, crucial win-or-else kinds of games. Uh, hopefully that will serve them well going into next season, but uh, got to take care of uh, business better all along the way for that whole resume, and that's what ended up getting them uh, some midweek losses and too many series losses in the SEC. Uh, speaking of the SEC, <clears throat> league meetings uh, getting underway in Destin, Florida. This is something that goes on annually, and the focus is going to be on two fronts, I think. One is the dust-up between Nick Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher, and uh, I don't think we'll, we'll see any major fireworks from that uh, at this event, but what prompted it, and name, image, and likeness, and there will be a lot of, uh, any fireworks will likely be behind closed doors, Uh, but that will all play out this week with a lot of coverage. And then the uh, football scheduling model, what are they going to go with for uh, the short term or long term, and um, 
what's the SEC going to do in response to the expanded football playoff discussion breaking down last summer when Oklahoma and Texas announced they were joining the SEC. So a lot of drama to play out in Destin, Florida this week. A lot of times these uh, meetings are not that eventful. This will not be one of those years. Uh, A few recruiting notes. 23-point guard Robert Dillingham, who was in Louisville over the weekend in the uh, EYBL event, uh, he is reportedly ready to commit. A lot of speculation that the date will be June 24th. A lot of buzz building for Kentucky to be the choice. Today, class of 22 star Leonard Miller announces what he's going to do. Four Eastern time is when that announcement is slated. Will he stay in the NBA draft? Will he go to the G League? Or will he play at either Kentucky or Arizona? Those seem to be the choices for young Mr. Miller. And over the weekend, Lance Ware confirmed that he's returning to Kentucky. It certainly was expected, but uh, he can play an, an important role as the backup to Oscar Shibway this coming season, as he did last season. Athlon Sports, preseason college football publication. They're out with their early top 25. They have Kentucky in it. Kentucky's number 21. Kind of feels like the Cats are going to be in uh, most, if not all, of these preseason rankings. It's somewhere between 18 and 25, uh, I would guess. And uh, on the road to the Triple Crown, and it's the next stop is the Belmont Stakes a week from Saturday. All of our coverage on that front presented by Claiborne Farm, doing the usual unusually well for more than a century. Rich Strike uh, worked out between races yesterday at Churchill Downs. So the fans got a chance to see the five furlong workout in 59 flats. So it's a very good time. So he appears to be sharp. Uh, but his uh, trainer has said this horse really loves the track at Churchill Downs. Uh, they are on their way to New York now to settle in and prepare for the Belmont Stakes. And I think uh, usually a good idea. It's a different kind of track. Uh, they call it Big Sandy, a lot of sand in the uh, racing surface. So uh, I think it's usually a good idea for horses to get up there and uh, train over that track a little bit. So that's what Rich Strike is headed to do. And finally, I'm sure you saw social media posts in the last couple of days about our buddy Mike Pratt. Uh, he is uh, uh, having a stepped-up battle against cancer. It's uh, been fighting cancer for a few years now, but it's gotten uh, the, the battle's gotten more serious now. There are some medical and travel costs that aren't covered by insurance, so uh, the uh, family set up a, a, a fundraiser page through GiveSendGo.com. Uh, my social media and, and others, you you can see the link to this. If you are able to uh, contribute, hopefully you can, or just send up prayers. Uh, Coach Cal and uh, his wife Ellen have uh, pledged to match the first $50,000 donated, so that was a wonderful gesture from them. And um, hopefully uh, Mike will get uh, to feeling better and be back on the show with us before uh, too long. But uh, keep keep our buddy Mike Pratt in your prayers and help if you can with the fundraiser. Going to get to a break and we'll come right back with Coach Davis Sisk from Cats Illustrated. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. Links to the stories that we talk about. We can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. get to a radio you can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com now back to the show 16 past the top of the hour our opening segment each day of wildcat news presented by giuseppe's of lexington 
And if you're looking for a place to celebrate a special occasion, there is no place better than Giuseppe's. Head to Giuseppe'sLexington.com. You can see the fantastic menu, plus uh, make a reservation and make plans to enjoy a wonderful evening at Giuseppe's. Maybe the uh, climate-controlled patio would be a good place to uh, sit. They put that in, expanded it when the uh, pandemic happened. They also put in a drive-up window so you could take Giuseppe's home if you like. Joining us now, Coach David Sisk from CatsIllustrated.com. After uh, watching the action at the Nike EYBL basketball event, uh, AAU event over the weekend in Louisville, uh, anybody have any interest in DJ Wagner's games, David? I said it looked like a uh, November political map between all the red that the Louisville fans were wearing at the games and all the blue that the Kentucky fans were wearing. So <laughs> too, I don't know if it's too close to call yet or, or we'll go ahead and put a projection in, but uh, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, first, just uh, talk about his game. He uh, The first thing that strikes me is just how physical he is. Um, just absolutely seeks contact when he gets in the lane. He hunts it out. Uh, and he, I, I've never seen a player, a high school guard, put it that way, who curls as much as he does. So anytime they get a pin down when he's coming from the corner, he doesn't catch a ball in the three-point line or, or make a straight line cut or flare. He curls that thing into the lane. He just loves it. And then he's going to finish around the rim, uh, can make the outside shot as well, really a, a score mentality, uh, three-level kind of guy. And uh, just, uh, you know, Houdini with the ball. But uh, just just an a incredibly physical guard. One of, one of those guys like Cal likes. And Cal has been involved with this young man for a long time because of the, the family connections. Now uh, DJ's grandfather, Milt, former UofL player, has gone to work at uh, the University of Louisville. So that's created a lot of buzz in uh, UofL's direction from the recruiting analysts. But... Uh, you know, you've covered this a long time. These things, uh, a lot can happen between, you know, now and whenever the decision is made to, to sign, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you never know. Um, you never know. Cal's got a trick up his sleeve. Who knows? And, uh, you know, but it was it was pretty obvious this week, you know, that New Jersey Scholars program had a lot of, of Louisville around it. Um, you know, Purvis Ellison um, I, I may be the director for the program. I, I know he's, he's uh, a high up in it, so, you know, so he's there. And, and then, you know, they had a lot of the, the gang get back together with Bilt's with Louisville team that, that was right there close by. And, you know, it, it definitely had a Louisville feel. That's undeniable. Uh, let's talk about a few other players that uh, were involved this weekend. Robert Dillingham, guy that's uh, there's a lot of buzz about Kentucky and his recruitment. Tell me about his game. Yeah, and Dillingham, uh, you know, high-level score, uh, one of the leading scores in EYBL, as quick as any guard uh, that's out there in this class. Um, you know, a true point guard, whereas, now I'll say this, DJ may end up being more of a two than a one. Dillingham is definitely a one, so I, I think they could play together. Uh, and, and he just very, very quick, um, just, just got the ball in a string, you know, was just able to break down his defender with, with that speed and, and, and just, you know, just machine gun type dribbles, uh, shoots the three more than, than Wagner does, uh, 
took a lot of threes during the week, but made a, a high number. I think he shot like 41% three for the weekend. He shot well over 50% for the weekend. Uh, the second game I watched him Saturday night, he was really favoring a hamstring. It looked like a little bit, or he couldn't get loose or something. He, he was really favoring a leg, and he shot a lot of threes. That might have a lot to do with it. But, uh, I mean, as far as point guard goes in his class, this is, he's as absolutely as, as good as it gets. So, uh, you know, that would be a major highest for John Calipari if he can get Dylan Cam. Uh, let's talk about the uh, young man, I'm not sure the pronunciation of the name, Matis uh, Buzelis. Yes. And uh, he, um, 6'10 wing. Yeah, and, you know, it, the more you watch him, uh, the more you notice things. And, and you know, the uh, uh, first thing you think when you watch him, okay, he's one of these European-style finesse stretch guys. But, like I said, the more you take in his game, he's more like a two. I mean, he is really really good and quick with his dribble. I mean, he's going between the legs, behind the back, and that's not to protect the ball. That's to create. I mean, he's going to get low and just go between the legs, cross over, do the in and out and all that stuff to get by guys. He's also, as we know, an, an exquisite shooter. And, you know, I listened to a guy Saturday. When I looked at him, I thought, well, maybe – that's a Mike Dunleavy top body at that age. When I look at him, I said, that's what I've got to think that Mike Dunleavy looked like. And he said, Mike Dunleavy couldn't do stuff with the ball like Bezellis does. He said, that's more of a Tony Kukoc type, you know, great European player played for the Bulls. And, you know, he's just got that kind of stuff in his game and the perimeter. He, you know, he's a playmaker. He's just not a stretch guy. And Kentucky is uh, uh, considered to be high on his list, right? I think they're in good shape. Now, you know, there was a lot of Florida State buzz early, but, man, he really talked Kentucky up. Uh, now, the NBA stuff, or, you know, professionally, who knows? Um, he told me and uh, some others in the Kentucky media that, you know, he had no interest in, in going pro, that college was the route for him. And then two minutes later in another interview, he told a guy that he was considering it. So that's what they do. <laughs> So, you know, who knows? But I, I think if he does choose the, the college route, I think Kentucky's right there with a good shot. And uh, the last guy I was going to ask you about is uh, D.J. Wagner's teammate, Aaron Bradshaw. A seven-footer yeah. seems to be – his stock seems to be rising, and Kentucky's prominent with him, right? Yeah, you know, ultimate rim protector at that size. You know, he's – you know, I talk, said Dillingham was as good as there was at the point guard in that class. Um, Bradshaw's as good as there is as center. Um, you know, obviously, he liked Dillingham. Both got to put on weight. That's the one thing I'd say about Dillingham. He's that's one reason he said he wasn't with class. You know, he needs to gain about fifteen pounds of muscle. He knows that. You know, Bradshaw does too. You know, he's a work in progress. But the one thing that he had some games where you know he had twenty points, and, and you know, I kind of watch him facing up and knock down some uh, you know mid range jumpers and. Got to the rim by guys were turn around and face up from about ten to twelve feet and go by the guy and get to the rim. So he he had obvious offensive tools that a lot of us didn't know that he's he's had that he's been working on. And you know I, it looks to me like he's made huge offensive improvements since the winter. Uh, David says CatsIllustrated.com dot com is uh, where you can uh, read him and um, a lot of uh, coverage. I'm sure coming up as you uh, write up what you saw 
over the weekend at the Nike EYBL. Thank you for sharing some thoughts, David. Thanks, Tom. Coach David Sisk from Cats Illustrated here on the Leach Report. Take a quick break. Coming up on 25 past the top of the hour, Larry Vaught is next up. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 27 past the top of the hour as we welcome in Larry Vaught to the program from vaughtsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. So you were uh, running out at Keeneland over the holiday weekend, Larry. I, I did running kind of a loose word with me, but I was I, I was trying out there for the Big Lex 4-Miler. It was really a, a, a lot of fun, a, a lot of fast runners out there than the, the, the few like me just enjoying a, a gorgeous day, and they always put on such a, a neat event out there, and it's uh, something I really enjoy. Well, so that's the thing about track or, or just races, that you're competing against yourself, not always against your fellow runners. So, uh, so you're I, I tried. your time. Uh, yeah, I, I broke 50 minutes for four miles, and that was a lot quicker than I thought I, I would do. It was just part of that, I think, was just you get out there and you get a little more competitive than what you think you're going to. Then there was a very cool morning, which, which helped a lot, too. It was a near such thing as a perfect running morning. I would say that was it. Uh, let's start with the uh, SEC meetings that uh, are getting underway in Destin. The football scheduling model is going to be one of the, the hot topics uh, in do you have a, a guess or or a preference on uh, which direction they'll go? Uh, the, the, the guess is whichever one makes the league the most money. That's the way they're going to go. <laughs> we, they can talk all they want, but when it comes, that's what they're going to do. And, and I don't think it, it, it really matters. There's there's no easy schedule in, in the SEC. I mean, everything is difficult. I think just from a Kentucky perspective, Kentucky's much in a much better position to handle whatever is thrown at them. So I think, yeah, probably every team in the league has his wish or what would happen. But, again, there's no easy way out of the SEC. No matter what schedule you have, it's going to be hard. So you, you just play it, and that's something. I'm, I'm guessing even Vince and, and Mark don't worry in abundance about that because there's just nobody easy to play in the SEC. True. And I think from a fan perspective, I really like the idea, if they get there, of uh, playing all the schools more often. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I, I like that model. I think that's one they will probably turn to because I think from a revenue standpoint, that'll increase revenue all around because you'll get some matchups now that you only get every four years or every eight years, whatever it seems to be. And I think that'll be a much better setup for everybody. And it would seem to me, Tom, it'd be a fair setup for everybody because in over the court in a short period of time, you're playing everybody. And nobody really has a advantage in this case like over a five or six year period good point we'll continue with larry vaught when we come right back ken spencer also coming up in the second half this is the leach report on talk radio 1080 you can follow tom on twitter it's at tom leach ky second half of our show coming to you from the clark's pump and shop studio they're looking to ramp up their staff, needing to add some folks to the team. Go to MyClarksPNS.com. You can find out how to join, and then you can be part of a team that is uh, family-run, 
operation based right here in Kentucky, more than 70 stores across the bluegrass, to return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop. Larry Vaught's with us from YourSportsEdge.com, VaughtsViews.com. And if you go there, a couple of uh, stories we want to talk about, one for Kentucky basketball, uh, Steve Smith, uh, the longtime coach at Oak Hill Academy, uh, family, he and his family from Wilmore, Kentucky, and he talked to you about the, the latest young man he has sent to UK, Chris Livingston, and he is very uh, bullish on what Livingston can do with the Cats, right? Yes, he is. He, he was, I think, really high on Chris when he first got him at Oak Hill this year, but then as the season progressed, and some of the things that Chris did, and Steve just likes him more and more. And one thing I've learned about Steve Smith over the years, when he tells you something, pay attention to it, because he's not a guy to embellish, and he certainly has sent enough players to the college ranks and that have gone even to the NBA that he knows what he's talking about. And he thinks Chris is just going to be really, really good at, at Kentucky. He he's really thinks he can do a lot of different things. He said he thinks it would be really hard to keep him off the floor, and I do too. Yeah, I would uh, would think so. I mean, and it, you know, I think I've talked about this. How there doesn't seem to be quite as much buzz as you would typically get over two guys rated as highly as he and Wallace are, um, and uh, they could be uh, very dynamic pieces for Kentucky basketball next season. Both of them. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Tom. And, and I'm not one certainly to scold fans. I think everybody has to have their own approach. But I think maybe some people are worried too much about who did or didn't play last year and what he's going to do or not do uh, going forward instead of thinking about who is going to be here next year. And and these two guys, I think, Wallace and and Livingston, have a chance to be special players and fit in very well with what John Calipari likes to do. And as you said, they're both top ten players, both played very well in the postseason all-star games. You hear nothing but good things about them from anybody that's coached them or played against them or played with them. So I think they're going to be really, really good players. And and maybe it's good for them at this point that there hasn't been an an unbelievable amount of buzz about them. They can just kind of get in here for summer school and settle in and maybe enjoy as calm a summer as you can have if you're a Kentucky basketball player. It feels like certainly that if Wheeler and, and Shebway are lock, locks to be in the starting lineup, I think Case and Wallace would be on my list as well. So that's three out of the five. Um, like I think Livingston's a, a strong contender to be one of those other two spots, three or four. Yeah, I, I think there's not any doubt about that. And, and, of course, John's track record is that he has talented freshmen. He doesn't make them wait for a chance to play. He lets them go out there and early and get their experience so they're ready for the end of the season. And I, I just don't see how you keep Wallace and Livingston off the off the floor to, to start the season. I mean, they those are two guys, I think, just do too many different things and, and fit in too well with what he wants to do. So I, I think they've got to be there and I don't know what who he's going to, how he's going to play them, but I think that's two that you've got to. And I could see uh, maybe a, a smaller lineup and with Oscar in the middle and that might work just fine. Are you surprised we haven't seen uh, an announcement that Jacob Toppin's coming back yet? Yeah. Deadline. yeah. Deadline's tomorrow. Yeah, I would I would think at this point you got to think, well, maybe it's not as much of a given he's coming back or not, unless Jacob's just kind of liking the idea of just playing it out and waiting to the last day and letting everybody make a 
big deal and gush over him when he comes back, but he's never really impressed me as that type of guy, Tom. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think – I mean, I thought, yeah, he would have this out of the way two or three weeks ago, but maybe there's a purpose in what he's doing. I would still be surprised if he's not back, but I don't think I would be shocked now because when it goes this long, anything could happen. Let's move to football, and uh, you have a story about uh, Kedron Smith, the young man who came to Kentucky's secondary from Ole Miss via the transfer portal. And um, he said NIL was really not a big factor in this for him, right? Yeah, I, I was just curious with all the chatter that's going on right now about how every transfer or so many different things are based on NIL money and what, how much a recruit or a transfer can make or not make. That's how he decides where he wants to go. So I just asked him if, what role, if any, that played. And, and he said that really not much of all, but he wanted to come to a place where he had a chance to play and start and be on a really good team. That he said, I mean, like anybody, I think, would say that he, that he wouldn't turn down NIL money if it came his way. But that wasn't what he was looking for. Kentucky had everything that he was looking for football-wise, and that he thought that's what you ought to be making your decision on when you transfer. It was kind of refreshing to talk to a young man with, with that kind of attitude and that kind of approach. And I I came, I mean, I thought he was going to be a good fit for Kentucky before I talked to him, but after the 30-minute after the conversation I had with him, I feel like he's going to be a great fit for Kentucky. Yeah, this is a, a, a new world for all of these players with the ability to, to get the money that they can. And I, it's... Number one, you know, be, being able to get some money in your pockets is an, an important thing for any of us. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I just understand that. But that seems to be a a uh, a good attitude to take into it, to understand that if you can take care of, your, of business on the field and, and your team does well, that's all going to help your NIL. Yeah, and I think he, he gets this. I'll be anxious for you to have a chance to talk to him in the not-too-distant future. I'm sure I think you'll really like what you're going to hear from him. And and he's a really good player, too. I mean, I think he's one of those – there hasn't been an abundance of buzz. So, like, when you got Will Levis or you got Wondell Robinson that come. But I think for what Kentucky needs and what he can do, he's going to be a really, really valuable addition for this year's team. Talk with Larry Vaught from com and your sports edge. Dot com and he also is on the uh, Sunday morning sports talk show here in uh, the Lexington market with Anthony White, Jack Pilgrim, and uh, you guys talked to the coach at Frederick Douglass High School uh, on Sunday about uh, Dane Key and uh, and some of his other players, and you know with the young man from Alabama now out of the mix at wide receiver, that just elevates the profile for Dane, right? Yeah, it sure does. I think Dane had a terrific. Spring, I, th- I think, is, is Nathan McPeak told us that even he was surprised at how much time Dane got with the first unit during spring practice. And I think that the coaches thought Dane was going to be a good player, but that's a case, I think, where a guy enrolled early and probably really increased his chances of getting on the field this season versus if he'd waited and came in, in June like a lot of the other freshmen are. So I think he really, really elevated his potential there and and that freshman receiver room is going to be something else because when you throw in uh, uh baron davis you got jordan anthony coming you, you've got the uh brandon white out of cincinnati I mean, those brown. are three guys yeah yeah Barry brown, those, those are three guys that can all fly brown won tennessee state track championships white ran a 10 300 
in the uh, Cincinnati Regional just just recently, and Anthony's the fastest high school sprinter in the nation. So that the type of speed that you just can't coach, and you, you throw those three guys in there along with Dane Key, that's quite a re- receiving group coming in, I think. Larry Vaught joins us Tuesdays here on the Leach Report. Thank you, sir. Hi, Tom. Coming up on a break, about 17 away from the top of the hour on this Tuesday that feels like a Monday after the holiday. Next up, Kent Spencer from WHAS-TV. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Welcome back into the show as we bring in Kent Spencer from WHAS 11 in Louisville. Um, it was uh, selfie retweets covering the uh, Nike EYBL event. Uh, today's the uh, anniversary of 1979 when Ralph Sampson picked uh, Virginia over Kentucky and just a really wild recruitment, a lot of different you know rules and things at that time. I think the I think uh, Dick Gabriel was covering that story. He's told me that Leonard Hamilton, Kentucky assistant coach, basically lived in uh, Ralph's hometown for the last month of the recruitment, as did probably other assistant coaches. Uh, that's just a lead-up, Kent, to say this is going to be uh, an, a very interesting, tumultuous, whatever the word you want to pick, uh, recruitment of D.J. Wagner with Kentucky and Louisville, right? Buckle up, buddy. Buckle up. <laughs> Especially if it, you know, if it was, you know, definitely any, 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 any indicator um, over this past weekend. I mean, you know, look, I, and I and I do, it, you know, it's so funny, Tom. I think both sides actually feel good about where they stand with the young man, you know, right now and moving forward. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, I mean, obviously, and, and Purvis Ellison said it this weekend. He said, look, he's. You know, he's 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 considering everybody, and everybody's open. I I imagine that you know, all indications are it's going to come down between Louisville and Kentucky. Yeah, it would certainly seems that'd be crazy if he did pick somebody else at the. Uh, Can you the, imagine? Yeah, he picks up a Memphis hat or something. <laughs> if, he, if he picks it, because you know he lives somewhat you know near there. If he picked like Villanova, that might <laughs> that might get Jay Wright out of retirement. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the Rex recruitment, that was Kentucky and, and Louisville. Uh, is that the, I'm trying to think the, you know, there've been a few over the years, but to, to this level is, was would Rex be the one between Kentucky and Louisville for a player? Yeah, you know, for, I think, you know, probably know Dwayne Morton for, was a a, one, probably in, was in basketball, probably for a Kentucky kid. Yes. I think the, the one or the, or the couple in recent year, um, that has it is, you know, Marcus Teague. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to say that came down to Louisville and Kentucky. Um, I even want to say that Trey Lyles was being recruited by, by Louisville, but nothing, I, I don't think, to this magnitude. You know, Marcus Teague was a high-rated player in that class, so was Trey Lyles in, in his class. Um, but I don't think, you know, any one of those, I mean, you know, look, when you're talking about either the number one or number two player, you know, depending on what ranking service you're looking at, um, that's that's pretty high. Well, you watch DJ play, obviously he's really good, but anything else about his game that kind of jumped out at you? You, you know, there's, a, there's an ease in which he goes about the game. I, I mean, I just think the game comes really natural to him. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he is a knockdown shooter, but he has a, a 
he has a good shot. It's a it's a natural looking shot. Um, so you know, I don't think that you know. I think if he has to make threes at the next level, he can. You know, he can make the open shots. Um, you know, he he has a knack for getting to the hole, can find his teammates. You know, one of the things that I would say is is the game that I watched him play is. You know, he kind of does whatever the game needs him to do. You know, he he didn't really wasn't like he was extremely assertive at the beginning of the game. That being said, he's he's playing on an AAU team with some really good players. You know, one of the one of the kids are going to Duke, and you know, uh, some other things. So, um, you know, I I just thought he plays the game with there's an easiness to his game. What about anybody else that uh, you saw? Any other players that really uh, caught your eye, or you just focused? It was that main your main mission covering the Wagner angle. Well, you know, Kentucky's also recruiting his teammate Aaron Bradshaw. Um, I watched his game. You know, he's kind of a he's a big man. He may be the best center in the class, which I don't know. To be quite honest, I don't know what that says about the class. But I just think, and and you know, especially with big men, you know, I think you can have. You know, there was somebody that I was watching. Um, watching that game with and we kind of looked and said well but that 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 young man right there i i don't know if he's going to help anybody as a freshman but then there's another game there there was another game that night where he was uh, apparently amazing and he looked like one of the best if not the best player on the floor so you know big men are are always kind of tough to read but you know bradshaw he's kind of another kid you know like you know everybody is focused on dj wagner for for louisville and kentucky you know, Aaron Bradshaw is also being recruited by both of those schools as as well. So that's an interesting, you know, thing to to watch out. Um, on the Kentucky side, um, we also got a look at at Ron Holland. Um, that 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 kid's impressive. Um, he's impressive, and and he seems to to like Kentucky. Um, I, I, you know, what I don't know exactly how to say this young man's name. Modest Buzelis um, is an, is another kid. Um, that we talked to as well. You know, I, he's he's the kind of kid who's who can be either really good or or kind of you know just kind of goes into the mix, especially at this level. You know, you have your good and your bad day, especially when you're when you're traveling around and and, and you're playing. Um, a kid that that I only saw for a little bit because I got there um, on Saturday morning, so I got the tail end of his his game uh, before the DJ Wagner game was a kid by the name of. Um, I want to say Justin Edwards, um, another another recruit, and he flashed in that game. It was a lot of there was a, it was a boom 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 game for him. Um, you know he's a he's kind of a, a wing player, um, and I I was pretty impressed with with his game um, as well. But you know at that at that EYBL thing, there's just there's a ton of people to see, and and you know especially when. You have Kentucky, who recruits like they do. Kenny Payne, who wants to get in the mix for a lot of top players. There was a lot of players to get your eye on and look at. Talking with Kent Spencer, it's at WHAS11Kent on Twitter. I'm uh, guessing the station's not sending you down to Destin, Florida, to cover the SEC meetings. But uh, would this be uh, a year that you'd like to be there? This thing is, this I not only not only do I want to cover the meetings, buddy, I want to be in the football coach's room with the meetings. <laughs> you want to you talk about see, something that would generate some interest if you put a camera in that in that room? Yes, yes, yes. We we're, we've got a live twenty four camera in there, and and specifically, I don't want to just a wide shot of the room. I want cameras on Saban and Fisher. That's who I want. I wonder if they if there's like a coach's golf outing if they would pair them up. Like uh, that, that, 
That would be interesting. It's such a, it is such a wild deal, Tom. Um, it really is because, you know, I think in, in some aspects, you know, this, this thing, you know, everybody's trying to get, get a handle on it. And I think if you're a guy like Saban, you always have liked the control. And I don't think he feels like he's in control right now. And I think that's very uneasy to him. And, and, and who knows? You know, there's so many allegations that, that go, get thrown out now and, and tampering and how did you get your players and, and all of that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to go back to anything that we knew beforehand. You know, I think the NCAA at some point, and they've kind of said, look, we need to get control of this thing. But I don't know if you're going to get control. I don't know if you could ever get control again. Um, so I think it's almost kind of a, a, a buckle up. I don't know when Saban said what he said, you know, about the Texas A&Ms and about Deion Sanders, you know, and moving forward with, with Miami basketball. You know, when he said that, I don't know. Was that a warning shot? You know what I mean? Was he telling on people? Or, or was that just a warning shot? Like, if you want to play this game, we'll play this game, and we probably got more money out there than anybody. Kent Spencer, WHAS-TV in Louisville. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. We will head to a break, come back and close out this edition of the Leach Report after this time. Hello, Mushroom Slice of UK history. We mentioned the uh, Ralph Sampson recruitment came to a close on this day in 1979. Just imagine if he had picked Kentucky over Virginia because he stepped to the microphone and said, I'm going to the University of Virginia. (laughs) They almost said Kentucky. A lot of there's a thought that he really wanted to come to Kentucky. He would have been on the team with Sam Pui and Melvin Turpin. Um, so that was in 79 on this day. A couple of Wildcat birthdays. Dick Parsons celebrating a birthday today. The longtime loyal, trusted assistant of Coach Joe B. Hall on the uh, 78 championship team and uh, always at Coach Hall's side. Um, happy birthday to Dick Parsons and uh, John Krigler from the 58 national championship team born on this day. That's going to do it for this edition of the Leach Report. Tomorrow, Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws, of course, on Wednesdays. And also, uh, Kyle Tucker, since we were on holiday mode yesterday. Uh, Kyle will join us tomorrow here on the Leach Report. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on the Leech Report Radio Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.